Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. And I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host, Dr. Heidi Horsley. This show is brought to you by the Open Hope Foundation with a message of helping people find hope after loss. Well, Heidi, we have got a guest today from an amazing family, a family that has impacted the world over three generations. And we're going to talk about Stephen Covey, a legacy of hope, the Covey family, and the things that they have gone on to do after uh, some tragedies in their life. So Heidi, you want to introduce our guest today? Sure, Mom. Our guest today is Stephen Covey's grandson, Michael Sean Covey. Michael Sean is the executive director and co-founder of Bridal Up Hope, with the mission of inspiring hope, confidence, and resilience in young women through equestrian training. And Michael is no stranger to grief and loss. He lost his grandfather, Stephen R. Covey, and two months later, his 21-year-old sister, Rachel, died. So he is here today to offer hope and to talk to us about what you can do to not only survive, but to thrive after loss. Welcome to the show, Michael Sean. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I think this is a wonderful podcast. It's great having you on today. Eight years ago, um, your grandfather, Stephen Covey, who wrote an incredible book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, uh, he was killed in a bicycle accident, and then two months later, your sister Rachel, who'd suffered from depression and uh, had some self-esteem issues that your family's talked about, uh, died by suicide. Wow, what a lot for you. That's right. You know, it, w- it was a really tragic summer for us as a family, and, um, you know, back-to-back losses with my grandma, with my grandpa and uh, my sister Rachel, and September 2012 and um, you know very devastating for us as a family and um, we've learned a lot since then. Mm-hmm. Well you know Heidi and I were wondering because uh, we have uh, found um, the book and it's so inspirational over the years of psychologists the idea of the the seven habits. Were you able to use those? I grew up with the seven habits. Habit one be proactive. Habit two begin with the end in mind. Habit three, put first things first. Habit four, think win-win. Habit five, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Habit six, synergize. Habit seven, sharpen the saw. Um, you know, so these are you know, timeless principles that um, apply to people and organizations everywhere. And um, you know, after losing uh, my grandfather and my sister Rachel, I, I think that uh, you know, th- these principles were really they made a huge difference for us in our healing and in our progression as a family. Um, you know, for example, uh, you know, just choosing to, uh, you know, practice habit two, begin with the end in mind to think about, you know, the, the purpose for our lives and, um, you know, where we want to go with our lives going forward. Right. We have, you know, a long life ahead of us and we need to, you know, continue to, to set goals and to envision and to, believe that our greatest contribution in life is, is always ahead of us. I think that's really important, um, Michael, Sean, especially after a sibling loss. 
because you can get so caught up in the fact that your life is so changed that it's almost like you have a hard time having a vision. Like, who am I without Scott? And who are you without Rachel? And how do we move forward without them in our lives? But we do have a big life ahead of us. When we face, you know, tragedy and, and grief, um, it, it's so easy to let um, the, the tragedy become something that really defines us, right? But I think, I think what's important is we have to uh, let the tragedy uh, strengthen us and, and open us, open us to the door of hope, right? Um, and it's something that can propel us forward to do good and to use that energy in a positive way um, and to be outward instead of inward. And those are some struggles that we had initially. And we, you know, we tried to be proactive and decide that we could respond to this tragedy the way that we wanted to. Another habit, um, you know, that, that was really applicable for us as a family at that time was uh, habit five, seek first, understand, then to be understood, right? So I w I'm the oldest of eight kids. Um, Rachel, you know, my sister who died, she was just 19 months younger than me. And, um, you know, all, my siblings and I, we all responded differently um, to Rachel's loss. My parents and I, we, we got together and we just said, you know, how can we help the whole family to recover and to heal and to try to bounce back from this tragedy. And we were all struggling, but we were all responding in different ways. And we really had to try to listen to each other and listen to the feelings that we had and try to open the door of communication so we could try to make a difference and try to help each other. It sounds like you all leaned on each other and supported each other as siblings. Yeah, we, we had to, you know. Um, and then and we, what, what was the next step? You know, I think the next step was uh, my father really exercising leadership and saying, you know, let's, we've had this terrible tragedy happen to us. Why don't we look outward and try to make a difference in the lives of other people? You know, Rachel battled with depression for years. And we said, you know, there are so many young women, so many youth today who battle with mental illness or with depression. Why don't we try to help others who suffer with these same things? And my parents said, why don't we start a foundation um, in Rachel's memory and uh, in Rachel's memory of her love for horses? Um, because when Rachel was alive, she loved horseback riding and it, it really made a difference in her life. There's something therapeutic about riding horses and, and it helped many of her friends. We said, why don't we continue this tradition of, of helping young women with uh, you know, mental and emotional struggles We'll help them through horses. So we started this foundation called Bridal Up Hope, where we run a really unique horseback riding life skills program uh, for young women with uh, depression, anxiety, low self-worth, um, or other related challenges. And what's, what's interesting is in this program, we teach these seven habits in the Bridal Up Hope experience oh. so that the girls, they learn the foundations of horsemanship, they learn how to connect with the horse emotionally and, and build this resilient bond. We teach them the seven habit life skills so that they can you know, learn to set goals for their lives. Um, they learn to take ownership. Uh, they learn how to communicate. They learn how to uh, self-care. Habit one, be proactive. Uh, so it's all about taking responsibility for your life, right? And we teach these girls how to do that and how to take responsibility over their horse. Habit two, begin with the end in mind. It's all about goal setting, right? What's the vision for your life? Uh, what's the vision for the next three months and so forth? Habit three, put first things first, right? You have to work before you play, right? You have to do some 
um, some preparatory steps before you can really move forward. Um, you know, habit four, think win-win. You have to think of your own needs and also the needs of other people. Um, habit five, seek first to understand, then to be understood. And it's all about listening. You have, you have two ears, you have one mouth, so listen accordingly, right? Um, habit six, synergize. Uh, you have to learn to work well with, with other people and to use creativity. Habit seven uh, is sharpen the saw. It's all about self-renewal for body, heart, mind, and soul. Our Alpine Utah program serves uh, young women from all over the state of Utah. Um, it's a year-round program, 14-week um, curriculum. And uh, we have plans to expand our curriculum to existing barns um, around the world. And we have another program we're starting um, in Pocatello, Idaho. Um, we're starting in a few more in Utah. Um, we're starting one in uh, Minnesota and in Estonia, of all places, um, in the next two years. Um, and one day we believe that there will be hundreds of barns that are using the seven habits with horses to help young women. I, I love this. I love this idea because there's something about horses and they've done research as you know, they, they are just very intuitive animals and they can like merge with you and help you to take your pain and depression away. Absolutely, there's, there's a lot of research and um, just more and more coming out, you know, as, as science and technology gets better, it's, it's really powerful. Um, the bond between, you know, a horse um, and an individual. Do you have advice for people who've lost a sibling to suicide and, and about the family thing and, you know, what has it meant for you? My advice is to really reflect on um, how, how the loss can propel you forward, right? There's, there's great energy that's created when there's a tragedy. And if you look at many of the great causes of the world, they all started at a tragedy, um, you know, which is so unfortunate, but it's, it's also a blessing for the world in, in some ways. Um, and I, I believe that everyone who's experienced great loss can, can channel that into something very positive, you know, whether it's through joining an existing nonprofit in your community or starting a nonprofit or, you know, raising money for a specific cause or, you know, volunteering for this, this local group and, and so forth. So many ways to get involved, but, um, you know, great energy is there and it can be harnessed for something good. Um, and it can facilitate your own healing, um, but also um, the healing of many other people. Your family and you have been so open to talk about this. And suicide can be a great shame and, and um, guilt. And the fact that you've, you know, reached out and talked about it and been open and having these things come forward is a pretty amazing thing. Well, and I think it's really important right now because... The reality is, is that suicide is on the rise with teens and young adults, and we need to get it out there and, it, and to let people know that it's okay to talk about it. We need to talk about it, and talking about it is not going to cause other people to want to take their lives. It's going to alleviate people. We need to get it out there, and I appreciate that Michael Sean is doing this because there's a lot of people out there that you know are, are struggling and having a hard time right now. Yeah, absolutely. We, we believe that you know, we have to be open and there's, there's a massive stigma, right? Associated with mental illness and mental struggles. And 
um, like you said, we, we have to talk about it. It's, it's so pre prevalent. It's an epidemic in our society. Um, you know, suicide rates have tripled in the last decade in the United States um, for young adults. So we have to talk about it. We have to, um, we have to learn more about, about uh, these illnesses and what's, what's causing them and what's happening and how to respond. And I believe that um, it takes the whole community to, to figure this out, right? It's not just you know, a few little nonprofits or, you know, a few healthcare providers, it's, it's everybody, right? It's, it's businesses, it's churches, it's nonprofits, um, it's other community groups, it's psychologists, healthcare providers, and so forth that need to come together um, and uh, try to curb these problems that we see. Well, well, and I love that you're using nature and animals to help, help people, because I think we need more of that in our lives. You know, there's something powerful about you know, inviting a young woman to come to the barn, right? Come to the barn, learn how to ride a horse, learn how to muck a stall, <laughs> you know, and there's something powerful, like you said, about reconnecting with nature and with the natural world, right? And instead of, you know, just living in our heads and keeping silent about our struggles, uh, it's so uh, powerful and healing to, um, to be active and to reconnect with other people, to put the smartphone away, put the screens away, right um, but to bond with with nature with animals with real people real conversation um it's it's very transformative oh well thank you michael sean to give us your website yes the website is bridleuphope.org thank you michael sean and i know that your grandfather and your sister rachel are your guiding lights and they are definitely looking down on you and i love the way that you're keeping their legacy alive and you are not only helping people, but you're saving lives. So thank you for everything that you're doing. Well, thank you. We're, we're very honored to be able to do this. And thanks everybody for listening to this show and watching this podcast today. And Heidi and I, and I'm sure Michael, Sean want to remind you that if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own and God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation, where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.